0: Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. Hello there, it's Steve, host of the Business Class podcast. Today's guest is Al Hutchinson. Al, from the great city of Baltimore, Maryland, Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Stephen. Good to see you, my friend.
0: It's good to see you too. So um, what we'd like to do is introduce folks to the people who make places happen. And I want to learn a little bit more about your experience and what
1: got you to where you're at now. So how did you get your start in tourism? Wow. Um, Well, great question. I got into this business about 30 years ago. Um, through a blind newspaper ad in my hometown of Richmond, Virginia, and uh, in the Richmond Time dispatch newspaper, knew nothing about this industry. I didn't go to school for it. I wasn't working major, but knew nothing about the travel and tourism space. Never heard of a CBB or a DMO in my life, and uh, responded to the ad and was for a sales manager's position at the Richmond Convention and Visitors Bureau, and. They saw my Xerox training, which was my first job out of college, uh, five years with Xerox. And the uh, the president and CEO at the Richmond CVB says, let's interview this guy. And Richmond's my hometown. I went through the interview and the rest is history. And um, actually, I, I said to myself, you're going to really pay me to just talk about my hometown and then I can travel the globe on your dime and stay in hotels and (laughs) wine and dine people i mean is this really a business a legit business sign (laughs) sign me up for this i can do this This is easy so so how is baltimore like where you grew up you know steven i tell people often baltimore is very similar to richmond richmond's a smaller version of baltimore And I say that from this perspective, Richmond is a a city of have and have-nots. It's very socially, economically divided, racially divided. Richmond had to overcome the sort of capital of the Confederacy uh, moniker, if you will. Baltimore, although it's north of the Mason-Dixon line, it has a very southern type of vibe to it, although Baltimoreans don't want to accept that, but that's fact. And so I think there there's a lot of similarities. Um, cities who have had to try to overcome a lot. Older cities, infrastructure challenges. I mentioned the uh, the racial divide, the inequality, redlining. Uh, it was invented in Baltimore, but also Richmond was the next city that followed. So there were a lot of similarities. And so for me, taking the job in in Baltimore. I wasn't ever intimidated by the city because I, I grew up in the inner city of Richmond and a lot of what I experienced in Richmond is some of the ongoing fight here in Baltimore.
0: How do you see the cities as being most different?
1: Ah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say from a difference perspective, I think Baltimoreans, folks who were born here, grew up here, they wear it on their sleeves. They are very, very loyal to Baltimore, love this great city, passionate about the city. And they're not going to ever allow you to talk bad about their city. And so they're very prideful of, of Baltimore, all the contributions the city has made and the place it's come from. Um, to get to where it is today. And so I think from a pride standpoint, that's a separator for Baltimore, um, city of over 250 neighborhoods. Each one's unique and different, special. And um, I think what I'm most proud of Baltimore, people love this city, and they're not going to allow anybody to talk negative about it. Except for them, <laughs> uh, but, but, but but they love the city and they uh, they really partner together to make sure people appreciate all the goodness about Baltimore.
0: So, how do you take that community pride and transfer that into more visitors?
1: Yeah, that that's an excellent question and. Um, Probably I've been here since 2016, so I'm coming up on six years. Um, But in 2018, we decided to go through a a rebrand position of Baltimore. Because when I first got here, the pushback I always received was, visit Baltimore, you are too focused on just telling the downtown story, you're focused too much on Inner Harbor, and we need for you to do something different. So we listened to that, took heed to it, And we went through a process of uh, rebranding Baltimore. We wanted to do it from a very community inclusive uh, position. So we talked to probably over 200 stakeholders from the faith-based community, uh, black, white, gay community, LGBTQ plus community. We wanted to make sure we heard from all people. And by going through that process, Stephen, it really allowed us to really. sort of reposition the storytelling of Baltimore, a more of inclusive story. We are a 66% African-American community. So we wanted to have more of a black and brown um, face and voice to our storytelling. We needed to be pr- uh, proud of that, not to eliminate any other communities, but we should celebrate that. And so I, I think part of the beauty of the work we've done in the rebranding is we partnered with stakeholders that in the past we did not talk to we brought them to the table. We expressed to them that we need their voice um, at the table, and so our copywriter, our rebrand, is a local East Baltimore Morian gentleman, Kondwani Fidel, um, who helped us storytell. He he wrote a poem um, to really celebrate Baltimore. So that's been a very um, impactful initiative initiative that we went through as an organization, and I think that really repositioned Baltimore as a, a city that. Celebrates their own. They want to be, uh, we want to be known as a community that embraces everybody and tells a story about all of Baltimore.
0: One of the things that uh, I took away from the DI conference a couple of months ago, uh, Adam Burke mentioned, What's great for your resident is great for the visitor. The reverse is not always
1: true. Well, coming from a guy like Adam Burke, who I think is a uh, industry folk hero. I uh, I, I, lo- I love Adam. Um, he's a great colleague. Um, I think he's right. You know, look, our, our number one customer right now is our local resident. And it's not the reverse. And so we need for our local residents to be in love with where they live, where they work. But we also need to, them to be a part of where we're trying to go as a, as a destination marketing organization. So we need we need them at the table. We need them to understand the workforce um, who lives in our community, who works in our industry, whether it's a hotelier, restaurateur at one of our lovely museums. Um, there are people who live in our communities, and so we don't want to take that for granted. So we want to make sure we're providing opportunities for folks to work, but great opportunities for folks to continue to tell the stories of our destination. So this whole co- community value, shared storytelling is important to Baltimore. And I think that's a, a message that we want to continue to spread because we can do, we can be no better than our, our local residents connecting with our story. So we always start there and we want to expand it and bring more of our residents into the tent and, uh, hoping they can become evangelists with us to tell the Baltimore story. You mentioned the workforce.
0: Um, what are you doing? What is Visit Baltimore doing to provide opportunities to the next generation of folks and, and to do so in a way that encourages diversity and equity and inclusion?
1: Yeah, well, a couple things there. That That is near and dear to my heart. It's very important. Um I'm not going to be doing this forever. I'm probably in the fourth quarter of of my work, and uh, we need to focus on the next generation of talent. So one of the things that we focused on in Baltimore um, are apprenticeship opportunities for young folks. And so we were fortunate a couple of years ago, really during the pandemic um, and and during uh, social unrest in the country, we partnered with uh, the Guinness Open Brewery. Uh, Guinness, as you know, the only place outside of Dublin where they manufacture beers right here in Baltimore, and so they were looking for a partner that could help uh, identify the BIPOC community, uh, black and brown folks who could work in our industry, and they provided a grant for us for three years, and uh, we were excited about it. We partnered with them, and we've since we've hired at least two young folks who happen to be African American that worked. Um, at, they did a 600-hour apprenticeship program. They spent some time at Guinness learning craft beer industry, spent some time here at visit Baltimore. And now these two individuals now are working full-time in the Baltimore marketplace, one at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra and the other at the National Aquarium. And so that's really the output of what we're trying to accomplish. Let's identify some great young people that's talented, that can fall in love with the travel and tourism space provide them an opportunity, pay them for it, and then if uh, they really fall in love, provide them full-time employment. So that that's really um, one way that Visit Baltimore is trying to change the game in the workforce space and really to uh, help identify the next generation of talent in our industry.
0: What does it mean to you and to your organization to provide a warm welcome to visitors?
1: Well, this is another initiative that we're totally excited about, and I have to give kudos to the marketing communications team for developing this this initiative. This was a, a another extension of our work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Uh, right after uh, June twenty twenty, when George Floyd was was murdered in Minneapolis, we went through a training of our uh, industry and. In, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We trained our industry in a six-part program, and then we trained to visit Baltimore staff, went through a a four-step process. But we felt we needed to continue to do more because we really believed that communities, the new traveler is only going to go to communities where they feel welcome, they feel valued, excuse me, and they feel respected. And so we took that to heart. And so we developed this warm welcome pledge which really states that if you want to be welcoming to all people, we want you to join Visit Baltimore, sign a pledge, go through a diversity, equity, inclusion training program, you and your team, and at the conclusion of it, you will get a sticker that you can put in your your front window saying you're a warm, welcome establishment. And what we've been able to create are three modulars so far. One is saying racially you're welcoming. We've produced another one for the special needs community that you're welcoming of folks um, from the special needs, whether you're disabled uh, or, or not. And then we've also recently, doing Pride Month, created a LGBTQ plus, uh, modular. Um, we really believe, Steve, and we, we take this seriously, that communities that will win in the future will be those that can say very passionately and very authentically. That we welcome and value and respect all people, regardless of race, ethnicity, religion, whether you black, white, gay, straight, trans. We want you to come to Baltimore and not only want you to come to Baltimore, but you will feel respected when you come here. And so that's something that we take seriously in our organization. And uh, we want to partner with other folks in Baltimore City. And we're proud of it. We have over 60 businesses that have joined us thus far, and uh, we want to continue to um, get this initiative growing throughout the this, this city of Baltimore.
0: So you've recently become the chair of Destinations International.
1: Uh, you have to watch what you ask for, my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what does it mean to you to be the chair of DI? And what do you hope to accomplish with them in the year ahead?
1: Yeah, first, let me just say I'm I'm very um, uh, humble and honored um, for this recognition. Um, uh, I've been on the board at, at DI for the past four years, been involved in Destination International throughout my career in the industry, and so for me to take the helm of, of leadership for the next 12 months is an honor. I'm the only second African-American over a 108-year history of DI to chair it. So I respect that, and thanks to Melvin Tennant in Minneapolis for being a trailblazer. So I I don't take this lightly. But with that said, I want to use this platform as an opportunity to shine a bright light on Baltimore, um, number one. But number two, I think we have a really opportunity to be to lead in this industry in a very critical time period. And so there are really four areas that that I really want to focus on of my year. Can't do it all. So I want to be able to be very focused. And I think number 1 we need to make sure we're uh, keeping our members happy and we also can expand our membership both domestically and internationally. I think there's some opportunities in Canada, Mexico as well as in Europe to grow the footprint, but we have to make sure that every DMO, whether it's the small one, medium size or large, they feel valued and feel uh, and that they're important to the organization. So we wanna to continue to focus on membership because at the end of the day, we we need revenue. So we wanna make sure where membership engagement is extremely important. I think the second piece, Stephen, that we, we have an opportunity to focus on and you asked a question earlier is in workforce development. You know, we lost so much talent in our industry during COVID. A lot of those talented individuals are not coming back to our industry. So how do we reinvent ourselves? How will we make our industry more hip and cool and sexy to the general Zer? Uh, we need to figure that out. And I think there's opportunities for us to partner with other organizations like U.S. Travel and uh, identify the next generation of talent in our industry. And then marketing support, I think is going to be really needed. All of us are trying to reopen our economies. Uh, We've been shut down two plus years due to the pandemic. So I think marketing, and I've heard this from a number of colleagues, how can DI help a destination to tell their story better? And fortunately, DI has recently hired a new marketing uh, guru that's going to come on board with us. So I think that marketing support is uh, needed by destinations. And as a corporate umbrella, Destination International should be able to help us um, to tell our stories better. And then the last bullet for us, and it's really the anchor to everything we do, is how do we continue to grow diversity, equity, and inclusion in our industry? Um, that's the foundation work. We don't wanna push anyone from the table. It's We need all voices. We need the best and brightest talent. But there are some underserved communities here, and whether they're racially, whether they're women, we need to continue to to grow the industry, celebrate diversity. Um, We need everyone who's talented to help us with our stories. And I'm proud because I was a, a voice to help lead for the first time this historically black colleges and university scholarship program that DI is going to take on this year. And uh, this was just a little brainstorm I had and uh, I thought if we could raise a hundred thousand dollars for scholarships, we'll be fantastic. We're already over 200,000 and I, I think we may be close to a half a million dollars raised in money by the end of this calendar year. So, you know, there's a lot we, we, we want to do. I want to be impactful. I want to leave a legacy and uh, I'm hopeful the next 12 months that, uh, I'll leave DI in a much better position than when I got here.
0: So speaking of legacy, um, how would you like others to describe you? Wow.
1: That, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. I, I would say to you at the end of the day, I would love people just to say that Al was a guy who who care about all people. Al's a person who wanted to make a difference in this industry, not just for himself, but for other folks. And that he always wanted to remind all of us that we need to re- be respectful of individuals, all individuals, regardless of if they speak differently than you, if they look differently than you, every- and have a different title than you, Everyone deserves value and respect. And if we do that, then what happens is we become better as an, as an association. We, we become better as an industry. But more importantly than that, we become better as a world. And I, I want to be looked at as someone who was a change agent to, to make the world a better place to live, both for my kids, for your kids. And for all of us, if we do that the right way and we get over these hangups about race and color and ethnicity, all those little hangups, and we can just deal with each other from a heart perspective, then we will be better people. And so that's what I'm hoping at the end of the day, people could recognize me for. I'm heart led and I want us to become better humans. Um, And if we become better humans. And the place we live, the place we work will become better.
0: How do you think travel helps to build that sense of value and respect for other people?
1: Well, I think travel is very similar to like music. I'm a big music guy. And with music, you might not be a country music fan. I'm not really a country music fan, but I'm a good music fan. So music sort of transcends everything. It brings all people together, regardless of your background, um, your likes, your dislikes. But if you you hear something that makes real good sense to you, you respect it, and it it pulls you in. I think travel does the same thing: that if you have a great destination, it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, you're going to gravitate there because it's great food. It's great arts and culture. It's just a great uh, sports scene. And I think travel brings folks together. It transcends all ideologies. We just want to go somewhere that makes me feel good, where I can just let my hair down, relax, veg. And now it's about just well-being. How, How can I just relax? And so travel is is very similar to music. I think it's special. And uh, I think it helps us, too, to to have a greater appreciation for people that are different than us. And so uh, I I always advocate travel, go to places that you never thought of, and uh, just learn, um, take advantage of it, and uh, it'll help you to continue to grow as an individual.
0: And we're just about out of time. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did?
1: Well, I I would just say um, let's use this travel experience to really um, help go tell the great stories about all these fantastic destinations. And uh, we can all grow to make the world better and uh, make our impact. So, at the end of the day, um, we put our destinations in a better place for the future. And help us to continue to grow and and take and take care of one another.
0: I think that's a great note for us to wrap up on. Thank you for taking the time to join me here in business class. I look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks.
1: Stephen, always thank you, my friend, for the opportunity.